All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is on the show today. This was a long time coming. Uh, we've been trying to do it. Uh, it. I think there was a couple times where it just didn't work out for some reason, but Paul Rudd will be here. He's got uh, that Marvel movie, that Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, opens uh, this Friday. July 6th, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about the broader Paul situation uh, more so, but that's happening shortly. Let's hang out. Hang out here, all right? So I'm on a Netflix show called Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and uh, and that show premiered. Uh, well, they dropped it, as, they, as Netflix does. It's not a premiere per se, but all episodes of the new season, all 10, are available as of... Last Friday, today's Monday. I do a show on Thursday. Did I mention the uh, that that glow would be dropping the day after the last show that I was on here in my garage, my own show? Did I talk about the show that I am a featured performer on, premiering the next day, dropping the next day, ten episodes? No, I did not. Did I? Did, was the oversight on purpose? It was not. What could? Did I know it was c- coming out that day? Yes. So why? Why would I not promote it? Why do I do? And I've done that before here, you know, where I, I forget to promote my gigs. I, it's a strange phenomenon. I don't know. I don't think it's fear. I don't think it's insecurity. I think that I come out here. I'm so intent on figuring out what I'm going to say right now that I, if it's not written down, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I forget it because I'm, I'm caught up in sitting here playing my guitar meditating on what the fuck I'm going to say to you people. And I mean you people in a nice way. And uh, and I, I just forget to promote the wonderful things that are happening in my life. Okay, see, that might be it. That might be it. The wonderful things happening in my life I forget to talk about. I forget to engage in. I forget to be grateful for. I forget to be humbled by the journey I've been on and have some satisfaction in what I've accomplished. I forget all those things. I forget what I mean to some of you folks, what the show means to you. I forget all this good stuff that I've worked for in my entire life and just fester on the shit. But nonetheless, Glow uh, Season 2 is up. It is out. It is on Netflix. Uh, It did come out tremendously well. Uh, everybody did a great job. I mean, literally everybody on that show did a great job. Uh, all the uh, actors, I think they, they we did uh, a wonderful job. The uh, the directing, the writing, the everybody, every the wrestling. I mean, it's just it's been a, a thrill to be part of it, and it's exciting. You know, after you, you know you shoot these things last year, October, November, whenever we did it in the fall. And then they put it together for months, and then they put it on hold until they drop it, and then they drop it, and you're like, oh, that's what I did. That's what we all did. Look what we all did. I guess what I'm trying to to point out is I'm proud of the show, I'm proud of the work that we all did, and I'm excited for you all to see it. So, if you didn't already know, Glow Season 2 is now on Netflix. It's probably something I should have said last week. Did not say it. I got, I got an odd email because, like, I often wonder where people are at and, you know, sort of, it's not even, it's not even a substantial email, but, like, I don't, I'm always amazed. It's like in the, in the, in the movie Michael Clayton, which, if you haven't seen it, 
You should watch it. It's it's one of the great movies. Michael Clayton, Sidney Pollack says, uh, people are just you know fucking incomprehensible. People are incomprehensible. Can that be true? It is true, isn't it? I don't think it's not so much because we can't make assumptions about about human beings, but human beings in different situations will do things that you'll, you you could never know. You can never know what the fuck's going. They're incomprehensible. It's true. Whatever you think you have a handle on when it comes to other people, don't be so sure. This is a big this is a big ramp up for a cute email, but but I just. Uh, uh, it just says, sometimes the oddest things make me laugh. Mark, I was listening to the Eleanor Kerrigan episode today, and for some reason, the moment where you dropped your pen made me laugh harder than anything has for days. I can't explain it. Thanks, as always, for your show. You are a voice of empathy and reason and humor, and I appreciate the laughs, even when they come from unplanned and utterly mundane events. I don't know what's up with that guy. I don't know how it hit him, but I, that, those are the laughs that I, I, I love the most. The one guy laughing at the thing that nobody else laughed at. I don't even remember dropping my pen. But uh, it happens on stage sometimes. There's certain things where I think they're funny and I know that they're funny, but they may be awfully subtle. They may come after a barrage of other things. But sometimes I'll have a a line where one person will laugh and it's a type of laugh that should be crying. It goes deep. It it is unavoidable. It it, it registered without without fully even knowing what hit him or her. Love that laugh. And you're and you're welcome, Darren. You're welcome. All right. So Paul Rudd finally is here. It was I was excited to talk to him. He's a sweet guy. No one's going to say Paul's a shitty guy. I don't think. Maybe there's somebody, but not to my knowledge. Uh, the new movie is the Ant Man movie, Ant Man and the Wasp. It opens uh, this Friday, July sixth. But uh, you know, Paul's been around a long time. He's one of those guys uh, many of us feel like we kind of grew up with. And it was a pleasure to talk to him. This is me and Paul Rudd. You know, it was really my wife and I for our kids. Yeah. Really, uh, well, we were thinking, do we buy an apartment? Yeah. Or get a house upstate? And yes. It was, it was, I think, a better call to get the house. The house. Upstate. Yeah. And that, and that's like in the country. Yeah, yeah. And you spend a lot of time up there. As much as we can. Yeah. I guess. Uh, How many kids? Just, I got two kids. So yeah, I mean, what, what is it? Half and half? No, it's mostly uh, city. It's mostly city. Um, and weekends, yeah. hopefully upstate or, you know, part of the summer. Oh, that's how it goes, huh? Yeah. So yeah. you're really a city guy. Pretty much. I mean, my, my kids are now actual kids. Yeah. So we can't, <laughs> you know, 13 and eight. 13. So there was a while there we were going to maybe make the move. Yeah. But my son, who now is like, you know. He's locked in. He's locked in. He's like, there's no way. There's no way we can do that. Yeah. And, and uh, Not it, disrupt. It just felt cruel. Because he's got friends, he's got uh, he's probably yeah. he's probably in business of some kind. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, <laughs> that's you know, and and the the thing is, is that he says like you know we go out there. There's he really made me laugh. He yeah. said, "Dad, I, I was born in the city, and you know they say uh, he wasn't even trying to make me laugh. Right. But he said, you know they say New York uh, is the city that never sleeps. Upstate is the city that only sleeps. There's <laughs> nothing to do, and and he's right. There's really yeah. That's what I love about. It. He's out at Studio Fifty Four. You know, oh, he's got gosh, things he all is, night long. He's either if he's not at Studio Fifty Four, he's hanging at those kind of Upper East Side Dick Cavett socials. Sure, so man. So he's yeah. full fledged in New York City. Yeah, yeah, he probably you know he probably uh, told you that when you, you, know, you had slept and he hadn't slept all night and he was sitting at the counter in the kitchen still in his suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's it. <laughs> and a yeah. little tired from the night. Oh, thirteen, going uh, on and on about. Yeah, Michael Musto. Oh, of course, right, you know. that guy. Yeah, Ram- Nan-, Nan Golden. On. Nan Golden taking pictures. Yeah, that's a rough party your kids at. <laughs> yeah, he's go- <laughs> he's exploring every facet of New York City <laughs> in the 1970s. You've seen that movie, Kids? Yeah, that's that's what that's yeah. what he's up that's to. What he's, that's what he's living. Oh man, God, I hope not. That would be my nightmare. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that exist anymore? I, I think I'm 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 sure it's morphed into something else. But you know, kids in New York City is a very real thing, and I'm raising kids. Kids in New York City, which is a right kind of a bizarre. It seems thing like to the romanticization of uh, you know that lifestyle that was still. Around. I don't know how old are you. I'm 49, so I'm 53. So like you know, there no one's romanticizing drugs really anymore in, in a cultural way. Mm. Like when we were kids, it was sort of like yeah, man, let's get high. Let's do, like I don't I don't feel that those role models are as much around as they used to be. Well. So, I hope not. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying your yeah. kid's probably okay. <laughs> I'm sure you got him at a good school. He's not in too much trouble. You know, he's a good kid. They're yeah. bo- both my kids are, are are great. And at a certain point, you could just try and you know yeah. teach them as best you can, and and then let them go be kids. Right. You got to separate, huh? Yeah. You got to let them be their own people. And you yeah. have the uh, the other one's a girl. Mm-hmm. Younger. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Oh man. So you've uh, so this is good times. This is the good times for the kids. Yeah. They they kind of like you. They need advice, but you don't have to worry about them constantly. Right. Well. I worry about yeah. them constantly. I definitely, I, I did that. I've always worried about them. That's constantly. why I don't have any. Yeah. I get the the idea of having them causes me extreme panic. I I get it. I and I think that makes sense. Yeah, but you did it. You I had did it. two. Yeah, I had two of them. You, you seem like a, like a, a genuinely more stable person than I am. I believe. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. But <laughs> I, I do know this. I was really nervous about having our the first kid. Yeah. Uh, for. A myriad of reasons, yeah. several of which I think are probably ones you, you know, think about. But then got, you have to make sure they're breathing all the time. And yeah, but they're supposed to just do that, you know, and then they're- They the, do kind of do that. Yeah. That, they, they do that on their own. The cramp, but, <laughs> they're just laying there in the other room. Right. Is it okay? I, you wake, yeah. yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird when you leave the hospital with a kid because you feel like you're doing something that's just not supposed to happen. As soon as they're born, they're there for a couple of days and people who know what they're doing are, yeah. are monitoring the situation. Right. But then they're like, okay, Here sign this, and then off you go. And you're like, what? How? <laughs> Is there a book? Wait list? a minute. When are you coming with me? <laughs> but when when we had one, yeah. then I thought, well, you know, uh, I'll have six. Yeah. Once, once, we, once we had one, but then we stopped at two. Yeah, no, you don't need six. Well, I just, my immediate thought was I want the... I want them to have somebody to kind of defray medical costs with down the road when both, you know, my mm. wife or I are, oh, are, oh, you, are in the you, home. You just Oh, so you're looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. So you just wanted at least two. Yeah, I <laughs> so want at least two so that- One so, of them at least will have be have the bread to put you up somewhere. So one, yeah. so that one's like, oh, I can't just foot this whole bill. <laughs> and uh, and two, that they'll have, uh, you know, at least somebody that they can kind of commiserate with. Sure, but say, you, you never know how things are going to turn. I mean, you know, you're hoping both will stay on board. One might yeah. be like, oh, fuck them. I, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, no, like, still, that's it. I'm out of here, and I'm never talking to any of you again. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think if you have many, your odds are better. That's just You're going to have the one bad egg, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, I think we're look. look yeah, I mean, know. even even the greatest sports teams had one guy on the that was on the on bench the bench the whole time. Yeah, you know, uh, it's all right to yeah one that maybe goes and finds their own. Path. Yeah. So you're here, you're doing the promotion for the Ant movie. Yeah. yeah. Ant Man. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you know, the, you guys with the superheroes, you like that look? That's sort of like, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, I mean, I've got to do that. Well, no, I I, I, do, I, do it's, that. it's not that. I think there's something, there's just something uh, so artificial and weird. Like, I'm I'm excited to sit here and talk to you, and it's, but but yeah, then but it no, seems right. like, uh, oh, is this, this is why I'm in town. No, no, I know, but I'm, I'm not saying we have to talk about that. But I mean, I do think it's interesting because I've had, I had Brolin in here uh, a couple weeks ago, and you know, his sort of... <laughs> Like, you guys are aware of the movie you're doing. Right. And and there is, like, I imagine in some way you have to bend it into, like, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, uh, something fun and exciting and, and uh, something you can get behind, even though there's part of you that's sort of like, eh, it's a superhero movie, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel that with all things. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, it's part, you know, there are some things that I get more excited about than others. Yeah. But it is, uh, it's, you know, you go around, you have to talk about and essentially oh, the, the selling part the selling part which yeah. i've never really been very very good at it's easier when it's also something that i right. you know believe in but yeah but you're no you're but you're not you know brolin's like you know he's all distorted and weird looking like you can't yeah. you know it's he's like half a monster you're like just the guy yeah but you're, i'm also sitting on an ant oh yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, so so that's your price to pay. Yeah, but that's I do, your I, cross I, to bear. I, I, I do love it. It's yeah. been a really great experience. It's yeah. been super fun. It has. Yeah, and and completely different, obviously, than anything else in my life. I I mean, I just can't imagine what the the arc of it though. When you're like doing Shakespeare in the Park in the nineties, mm-hmm. like the, I mean, whoever thought that this would be a, that you'd be wearing these kind of tights? It's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know, yeah, but I, I don't know. I guess you just look at it as an acting job when you. I mean, it's obviously it's a great opportunity. It's financially lucrative, and kids love it. it there's very, you know, there's not too many people that are going to be standing on the sidelines going, "Yeah, they fucking sold out that guy," you know. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's always was my greatest fear. I would hate to be one of those people that would be considered someone who sold out. I, yeah, what uh, does that mean anymore? Uh, yeah, though? I don't, do, is I, it, I, how does one do that? I Can you? Know. Name I just one? think it, I think it's it's basically going against your own sense oh, of what right. you know you find uh worth worthwhile and worth doing but uh it it is silly but every job is acting is is silly the whole kind thing is, is the, right the whole thing is just kind of weird yeah i yeah. i mean i've i've been doing more of it lately and i and i start to realize that that there, you know there there is an element of getting away with something mm. to acting mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Once you figure it out, or if you're lucky enough to have the knack for it, like once if you're lucky enough to work, there are definitely days where you're on set going like, "This is fucking ridiculous." I'm just... For sure. <laughs> especially you walk outside and you see what other people are doing for real work. Yeah, yeah. And you just think, I, I mean, I really, I, yeah, you I can... scored. Yeah, and you can only justify it up to a certain point. Like, it is real work. I have to sit there and do that scene 9, 10, 20 times. Yeah. You have to do that. It's hard. <laughs> you know, being an actor is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> hard sell, huh? It's yeah. a hard sell. <laughs> but, like, uh, you know, you have a fairly um, oddly thorough Wikipedia page that, um, like, see, because I sometimes look at these things. And like in the early life segment, I, I I almost thought maybe I should make sure, maybe you should check this to make sure it's not someone being funny. It seems very, uh, very convoluted. There, there's Ireland involved. There's England involved. Mm-hmm. There's Russia, Belarus, Poland, Jews, British, a lot going on in the first paragraph of your Wikipedia page. Uh, I don't know what it says. I haven't checked it out, but... Uh... All of a lot of those European countries, yeah. they go back from before I was born. No, I know that. I, I, I know, but I know that there's. I didn't spend any time. I spent any time in Belarus. 
<laughs> my family's from there too. I found out. Really? Yeah, but I didn't even know you were a Jew. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you 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 pass, man. <laughs> What's that? Was that the plan? I have no plan. <laughs> no plan. But like, where where where'd you grow up? I mean, I grew up. I was born in New Jersey. Yeah, me too. Like, what part of Jersey? Palisades Park. I lived in. I lived. I was born in Passaic. But I lived in Palisades Park, which is basically you cross the George Washington Bridge. Fort it's, Lee. Yeah. It's right by Fort Lee. That's right. My aunt lived there. I remember the Palisades Amusement Park before it, it, it got taken away. Uh, yeah. I, I kept hearing about that. I think it was taken down, I think, right, right. before I was born. Or maybe right, right around the time. Right around the time, yeah. I bet, you were born. Yeah. yeah. I remember going there once. It seemed, uh, my recollection, it was like literally in the cliff. Like, I think, you know, yeah. Like, it was right there at the edge of it. That's right. Yeah. So that's where you grew up, Palisades Park? Well, I lived there until I was about five, <coughs> five and a half or so. Any recollections of looking at the bridge? It must have been like- you know, uh, Yeah, I remember, I remember always uh, going into the city because it was 10 minutes right away. Right there. And we'd, and we'd always cross the George Washington yeah. Bridge and, and that we would, both my sister and I would always say, we're going across the George Washington Bridge. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that was what it was actually called. I thought that was just something we made up. <laughs> Yeah, it took a while to, Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, you, but, but it's good that you didn't think they took it from you and renamed the bridge. That's right. Yeah, yeah. who 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 coined it first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I remember certainly going into the city, yeah. and I remember life in New Jersey, and had family uh, in New Jersey. Humid, it's humid. Yeah, and then moved to Kansas for about a year. That's wild. A couple years, year and a half or so. Why is that? Why? But do you remember, like, in your childhood? Just curiosity. I don't know why. Do you remember, like, in, in childhood, New Jersey, Jewish, do you remember melon and tomatoes and and sodas and stuff and fruit involved? Summers, New Jersey? Is it, is I, it? I remember certain... <laughs> Just, I don't know why I, mean, I remember, like, Yeah, I remember certain things with, like, the corn being very good. Yeah, right. Yeah, and some yeah, of the yeah. summer... Uh, right, right. Some of the summer... I never liked the tomatoes, so I right. never ate them. Right, but you remember them, But right? I remember... F- the food being a certain kind of way and people and, talking about it yeah and then <laughs> and then moving around as a kid i discovered foods in other parts of the country did you ever go down the shore and get like steamers or anything clams no anything? no i don't i no, don't never that. i never did any of that i never was kind of old enough and then also because both my parents are from london yeah oh i, I don't think that they ever even british kn- jews knew some of that stuff was going on they were british jews british jews Interesting. Yeah. I've only met a couple. Oh, yeah? I know they exist, and they've been around a long time. Yeah. But they're baffling to me. There's, um, I, I have friends that are British Jews, uh-huh. and uh, they have said it's, uh, it was tough t- in a way to be Jewish and British, that it was a, there was a, a high anti-Semitism oh, oh. kind of- Within you. Within, within, <laughs> within themselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, no, I bet you that's true. Like they're like Bob Hoskins. It was the, one of the first guys I realized was a British Jew. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, but like, what did they bring with them? Because Jersey Jews, like East Coast Jews, American Jews, very specific kind of uh, thing, give or take a few things. What did the British Jew? What's like? What's a British Jewish thing that you grew up with? I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't grow. Yeah, I'm. We didn't grow up. I didn't grow up religious. I didn't go. Who to, does? But yeah. you're Jewish. I'm Jewish, but I mean, I yeah. We celebrated Christmas, so uh, you know well, that's that, really pushing that's it. The, that's that's a little. Uh, we if, did that a couple of years. Y- did ago. you? Yeah, sure. My mom liked it. She likes the lights. <laughs> yeah, I would always say we're not supposed to do this, right? Yeah. I, and they would say we we celebrate for the Santa side of things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there was probably always that assimilation. It was yeah. also a British thing. I think uh-huh. that that uh, maybe my mom celebrated it growing up as a kid. Right. Um, but 
I don't know. Yeah. It, we, you know, it, it was, uh, it certainly was a part of our lives and it's, and if you are, you are. Right. I well, was bar mitzvahed. I still, yeah. you know. You do, you do a thing? You light the candles? I mean, I did. Yeah. My mom would do it. My mom was into it. Yeah. Uh, there was a time, I think early on when I was a kid. Yeah. Where, you know, we didn't really go to synagogue all that much. Sure. Um, uh, all that much, I mean, like barely at all. But you had to learn the you had to learn to sing the songs. Uh, for the bar well, mitzvah. I, yeah, well, that was and and I went to Sunday school a couple of times. Yeah. But there was, I think, at this time, my mom was saying, uh, "What do you think, Mike?" That was my dad. Yeah. Uh, are we going to send this our kids to Sunday school? Yeah. And like, and, and uh, his response was, "Ah, kid's got a good sense of himself. He doesn't need that shit." <laughs> <laughs> and so I never was raised very religious. Yeah, no, I, I, but yeah, but it's usually a cultural thing, which that's the interesting thing yes. to me. Yeah, is that because they were British and you didn't grow up with that kind of like first or second generation Jewish experience, East Coast thing. Yeah, that the actual cultural experience was not the same. Well, the thing is, the the, the cultural experience, regardless of where you are, uh-huh. and I, I've described it this way before which is it's kind of in the marrow of your bones right and while we were not religious i think that we all identified as jews yeah and my dad uh who didn't really believe in any organized religion sure didn't really i think believe in god or anything like that right. so it was never that was not a part of my life growing up right uh at the same time was fascinated with judaism couldn't there was always a hitler documentary on in the house yeah and yeah. uh and he was very pro-israel yeah. and uh and uh proud to be jewish sure right yeah well that's the thing you know it's not you know if you don't look if no one teaches you how to use god what you don't you know you're not going to use it but it doesn't you know but you but you are taught that you're a jew yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're a jew but i don't know i i mean Right. I, I, if no one teaches you how to use God, I think some people probably no, find I mean, it as a, as a kid in their own way. Yeah, maybe you can find it. But I mean, I, I think it's, it's got to be, I don't know, you know, like uh, later in life, uh, you know, the wheels have really got to come off hmm. <laughs> to, to really embrace it. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's, that's, that's does seem to be the time when people find them. <laughs> yeah, but, <man>. uh, <laughs> but, uh, have you I, found him? Uh, no, uh, I know. I, I um. But what are you doing with your kids? Uh, kind of the same thing. They got My pretty good sense of themselves. Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a tough thing to kind of right. uh, you know, navigate, navigate, and like my son was just bar mitzvahed. You did it. I we did it. Yeah, and um, it was really so you're done you did it <laughs> we did it. It was really <laughs> mellow. Yeah, and it was just like a kind of a, a small group, and uh -huh. he said that uh, look, I'll do it. You know, all his friends are doing it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, and I think that there's something to be said about participating in something that is thousands of years old yeah. that gives you a sense of sanity and and something continual tradition. Uh, yeah, there's something tradition. To <laughs> there's something to it. Yeah, there is something at least comforting to that. Yeah. When my grandfather died, I remember it was a year. Later, it was the unveiling of his yeah. uh, tombstone. Yeah. And I was there, uh, and everyone started putting a rock on it. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that was a thing you did. Right. But my mom did it, and then I did it, and-, and um, You gotta go take a rock off another tombstone. Yeah, well, that's just it. This, we were in a rockless cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, 
And I remember in that small gesture thinking, wow, this is pretty crazy. People have done this for a very long time. Yeah. And there's something good about that. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah because it's a sense of history. That's right. Yeah, uh, which, you know, is slowly being chipped away at. And, it's a, and that makes us feel sane and probably puts our own importance in line of where it actually is, which is minimal. Right. I think that's good. I think that's good. So maybe that, that's the lesson you, you pass on. Well, well, he said, you know, he said, look, I'll do it. And I said, here's the reason why you should do it. And is I went kid? To, is, yeah. I said, yeah. because later on, you know, you might find something from this down the road. It will affect you in ways possibly that yeah. you might not predict. And two, there's something nice about being around other Jewish people maybe later on when they're talking about their bar mitzvahs. Yeah. You won't feel self-conscious and say like, oh, yeah, uh, I didn't have that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> right. but, but uh, he said, look, I don't believe in certain aspects of this and as far as a God and all this. Yeah. And he's 13 and, and I, I, I couldn't really debate him on a lot of it. I'm like, well, yeah, no, I get that. Right, right. He said to you, like, I was hanging out with Lou Reed the other night and- uh, yeah. We yeah. were having a discussion. Yeah, no, we were we were we were. I was I was <laughs> up all night. I was up with with uh, David Byrne, yeah. uh, Lou Reed, yeah. Debbie Harry, yeah. and, and was, Tom Verlaine. And the God thing came up, and, and, it, and we were just like, you know what? Let's no. just check out the Ramones and go all night. And <laughs> yeah. this is just not something I'm I'm ready to deal with. I'll meet you at the factory. <laughs> well, that's good. That yeah, I mean those those are interesting conversations. It must be interesting that because I don't th- I don't know how attentive my parents were in 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 doing those conversations. Well, I mean I don't think that these are conversations that I instigate. No, and I, know, I, I don't but, think yeah. that they happen actually with too, too much frequency either. Right. No, no, it's one or two. Yeah. Just like you remembered, we'll you know, see. what your dad said. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know. Then... Well, I mean, this is it. I never, uh, there was a time, I think, in my tw- early 20s yeah. when I was really having this kind of spiritual and existential debate and reading is reading books and, and, and thinking oh, yeah? about things. Oh, yeah, with yourself? Yeah, and I had, you know, in I college. had a buddy of mine, I think post-college, a friend of mine who had died and uh, I was dating a girl who yeah. was really into kind of new age uh, past life stuff. I was like all kinds rocks of stuff. And, rocks oh, and yeah, smells. eagle feathers and yeah. crystals. Mm. And uh, but anyway, I remember having a conversation with my dad once. Who we had gone through a particularly rough period when it came to uh, finances and everything. And my dad was feeling pretty. Um, I think in life. I mean, as a family, you as a family, yeah. uh, pr- you know, pretty cynical and. Um, beat up and but I, I said you know dad you know we, we never grew up with any of this stuff and, yeah. you know you talk about being Jewish but like do you believe in a in God do you believe in anything and, and this is when he did tell me yeah. I don't really believe in any organized religion right I'm interested in Judaism from the historical perspective and yeah. that it's a series of it's with the laws of the land yeah. right. there are aspects to it that I think make sense which is enjoy your life uh, try and acquire knowledge yeah. and uh, because, but really, all I worry about is if treat people the way I will want to be treated, and the rest will take care of itself if there is anything else. <laughs> and I'm, and he goes, that's that's all I think about. And that's all I, and and that's the way I think I feel too. But was that the beginning of your existential crisis? <laughs> or was it- that's what kicked it off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Now what do I do? <laughs> Uh, well, that's like well, well, that's sort of interesting. So you like well, let's go back when you grew up. Where'd you do most of the growing up? Most of the growing up, I feel like the uh, 
really the kind of the crucial years for yeah. me were in Kansas City. Because I went from New Jersey to Kansas to California for about three and a half years mm-hmm. and then back to Kansas City. My dad used to work for uh, TWA Airlines oh. and TWA's hub was in Kansas City. Wow. So uh, I remember TWA. Yeah. And that's that's why we moved. Yeah. So um, I would say from the age of from the age of ten to twenty, I was in Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri? Kansas uh, City, Kansas. Kansas. But about 10 minutes from the state line. Yeah. People Aren't want, there two Kansas cities? The, people always think that, but there's really one Kansas City. Oh, it just happens But to it be. just happens to sprawl over into both sides. There's a, there's a street called State Line Road, mm-hmm. and that's the border of the two states. And so on, you know, on the left side, you're Got in Kansas. It. On the right side, you're Kansas in Missouri. Kansas City, Kansas. Right, yeah. That's a mid, well, that is the definition of the Midwest. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're a British Jewish family in Kansas City. Right. Are, are, are you... Uh, like what is growing up there like? What is inspiring about it? Because like now I don't, you know, I was it ever in any way progressive or you know interesting? Yeah, I, I think that um, it was. It was a nice place to grow up, and I I, I liked it. Okay, yeah. Um, I think we all have these general ideas of what places are are like. Sure, and uh, certainly people have an idea of what Kansas is like, and yet in Kansas City. There are many aspects to living there, mm-hmm. and people that you meet, and the kind of sure. progressive thought that are go in, that are in contrast with what right. people's general uh, opinions of that state might be. Um, so, I found some you know pretty good friends. Uh, there were actually other Jews. None of them went to my school. Yeah, <laughs> but I heard about them. Yeah, I heard that they they were in town. The mythical Jews. <laughs> but um, honestly, what I remember kind of when I first got there, yeah, was. The things that a kid would notice, sure. which is they they talk differently. Like in New Jersey, I remember uh, everybody says orange. Uh-huh. And then when I got to Kansas City, everyone said orange. Yeah. And then when I got to uh, California, everyone said, oh, it's hot, you know, or that's <laughs> rad. And then in Kansas City, everyone said, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, and so like, these were kind of the big differences that I really noticed between states and that you couldn't get OP shorts or vans in Kansas. That's well, that's the big one. Yeah. That was, by the way, that was the biggest one <laughs> when I was <laughs> 11 years old. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you wanted those OP corduroy shorts so badly. I had a bunch, <laughs> yeah. but you just, you know, I yeah. was so, I would get so excited uh-huh. if in Kansas yeah. I saw somebody wearing vans or OPs Yeah, I'd go to go like, are you from California? Like strangers, and and you know, yeah. th- this was pre Zappos. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I had like a, a a weird kind of unabashed enthusiasm uh, with like anybody that was had anything like kind of from California, right. which I had just come from. The same thing if anybody ever had some kind of snack that I could that you could only get in London, you know, like round tree fruit gums or something, I would freak out. And I think that it was kind of some sort of deep-seated longing to be where I had just come from because I did feel a little bit like uh, an island. you know, stranded. A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah, but you, right, because in your memory, you knew you'd been in big places before. Yeah. And now it's sort of like, are we cut off? Are well, we, I didn't yeah. even have really kind of a, a grasp of it. As a little kid, yeah. you know, we traveled a lot because my dad worked for an airline. Right. My parents were both born in London. Yeah. Uh, I'd already lived in three states before the time I was in. And you I were going back ten, to London occasionally? All the time and traveling with, you know, my dad would have some kind of uh, job thing. And so we'd 
travel with him and then and then um so i you know my worldview was 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 pretty big as a kid but i didn't realize that that wasn't the norm right and so when i would meet other kids and i would say you know where are you from and they say i'm from kansas and by the way they'd be nine years old right so i'm from here and yeah. i say wait a minute you're from you're from here you were born here well what about your what about your mom and dad it's like oh yeah they were born here too and I was, that was like you're a martian <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. That's not even possible. You got to get out. But it wasn't even that you got to get out. It was even, it Wait, was more of just a, 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 such an, an, a bizarre idea yeah. that somebody could actually live in the place that they were born. I didn't think that that was nor. I didn't understand. That's what most people did. Yeah. I, I think that I, I relate to that because I, like, if I think about it, I was so dug in family wise in New Jersey because my, both my parents were from there and I'd go back all the time mm -hmm. and I lived there when I was a little kid. But when I, when I was in New Mexico, the idea that people had lived there felt, you know, like uh, or for generations, it was sort of weird and, and backward and 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 seemingly uh, kind of limited. Yeah. But you know they don't think that. You know your reality is your reality. Yeah. Yeah, and you had that same. I mean, obviously New Jersey to New Mexico. Yeah, and Alaska for two years. Uh, wow, you really? I thought I had it diverse. But I never went to uh, but Alaska because my old man was in the service. So I can't, you know, and then we yeah. But New Mexico was a big shift. But I always was very connected to the family back east, and right. you know, I always, which you know, becomes of a point of pride, really. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to New York. Yeah, you yeah. Know I mean? Well, we would go back too because my, you know, my dad's brother, my yeah. aunt and uncle, and cousins, and my grandparents were still in New Jersey. So, yeah, yeah. And it was like that was an uh, an amazing thing. I like I remember when I was in high school, I made my friend David go with me to New York. I'm like, let's go. I got to show you New York because he'd never gone. Mm -hmm. He'd never been there. And we did that. And we, I remember we bought uh, Famolari shoes because they gave us three inches and we had fake IDs and it was a big deal. We were going to go get a beer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like at Hamburger Harry's or somewhere. Some shitty place. We're just sort of like, we're going to do it. <laughs> you planning yeah, it? Yeah. Talking about it for a long time. Pitch your beer. Oh, man. And they bring it and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, we did it. We pulled, we're doing we it. pulled it off. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> It, it went really, like that. Oh, that kind yeah. of that kind of excitement yeah, over yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, just sitting there, just uh, kids getting drunk. What's better? Nothing. No, it's all behind us. So, uh, so you're in Kansas, and well, I don't know. Like, I guess I was being presumptuous or making assumptions about you know what you like because like, when you bring up OP and Vans, like I remember that. Yeah, I had a friend who's very into OPs, and then I got into them, and then I, I remember the corduroy shirts and yeah. the pockets were a certain. And you let your boxer shorts hang below under the, the cuff. Yeah, the, the, yeah, so that your boxers were kind of hanging out a little bit below the shorts. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't to get that far. That was some, that was serious. But that's remember, when you wanted to up it up. Uh, you know, that level. was it. Yeah, well, yeah. But I remember the shirts, the t-shirts, yeah. and I. Yeah, but I don't know if I was into them as much as my friend was into them, but because he was into them, I got into them. Right. But you were all in. But you like weren't a punk rock kid or an art kid necessarily. Um, I don't know. I I liked. Uh, I remember when I moved to California the first time. I thought it was weird. Every kid has a skateboard. Right. So that was a whole new kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And then I got into kind of skateboarding and BMX. Yeah. But really peripherally. Could you do pools? Uh, no. Hmm. No. Bunny hops. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get into it. I didn't get into it where I was really. Proficient your life. And, yeah but i was like but i get you know i'd read read magazines and sure learn about zap pads you didn't need a helmet though did <laughs> you have, have a helmet i didn't have a helmet oh, so you're right. um 
Yeah, yeah, and red lines and mongoose and all of those. So you had the shit, but you I didn't, had the shit. But you you didn't walk the walk. Really. I, I I would have liked to, but yeah. the, by the time I think I discovered it, I'd already yeah. gone to Kansas and that yeah. stuff. You couldn't find it, right? Um, but then I started kind of getting into, you know, uh, as a a young teenager, kind of uh, weird new well new wave kind of stuff and yeah. and and some punk music and yeah. Uh, and and then some Euro kind of keyboardy stuff. But but because you grew up in the Midwest, like I grew up in Albuquerque, you know, you you're like not unlike that movie. Uh, what is it? You're, you're with the Jason Segel, the Rush movie. Oh, I love you, man. I love you, man. Like you know that you know that was part of my life. Like you know those bands. Like you know you had to meet somebody who was or go somewhere to turn you on to alternative shit or you're going to be locked in with Rush and Bob yeah. Seger well, and that foreigner and by the way else. all of those songs yeah. all of those artists are playing on Kansas City radio right now they're playing that's, everywhere right now yeah but I mean that's all still Tom Caddy yeah that's I had a theory about Kansas City yeah that is uh, can, Kansas it, Kansas City Kansas and Missouri that no it, but it, like the band Kansas <laughs> oh the band Kansas carry yeah. on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are gone. Yeah. But I, I always said that you will be able to find Bad to the Bone on the radio at any Bad to the Bone one time. Really thorough good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But 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 that was sort of what you were up against. That's what you were I, and I didn't like any of it. No. I really rebelled against all of that kind of stuff. Really? I didn't like it. No. OP was your rebellion? Well, this was a little post this a little was a couple later. years after that. When, when you, I was like, hey guys, I'm sorry, I'm listening to Depeche Mode and Howard Jones. You guys can uh, take your Kansas and your. And Look your, at my skinny tie. And your, and your Uriah Heap. Uriah Heap. That's going back even further. <laughs> yeah, I, well, okay. So your yes. Take your yes. Take I, your yes. I say no to your yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you went new wave. That's good. I went. Yeah. I went. Uh, yeah, I went real new wave. Any Bowie? Little Bowie? Yeah, I like Bowie, but I was never uh, an aficionado. Like I didn't. I don't think I ever quite discovered the brilliance. Sure. Uh, well, who were you aficionado of? I mean, Howard Jones can only go so far. Yeah, I can only go so far. Yeah. I was. Uh, I really, I really got into like kind of the Smiths and REM. Oh, okay. Um, but then before that, uh, Depeche Mode, huge. Mm. My first concert yeah. was the Stray Cats. Sure. Uh and I loved uh That was a good good few albums. Yeah. I loved um I really liked In Excess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah, no, I'm not judging. You're looking <laughs> at me like, what are you gonna come at me with that? Are you, what are you, no, what, I, what do you gotta say I, about I would that, say, Mary? I would say Depeche Mode. Was it? There was a, you know, there are a few years there yeah. where it's like if you wrote Depeche Mode on a piece of paper, <laughs> I would offer you money for it. Because I just like anything Depeche Mode, just I want to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it, huh? I, I, what was their big hit? I'm trying to remember. I know I got a Depeche Mode record in there with <laughs> the older records. Like, uh, yeah. Well, People Are People, I think, was their, probably oh. their big hit that really- But R.E.M., like, that was something. That was a time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So when does uh, acting become an interest to you, really? Well, I suppose it, in the abstract, it was always an interest, do you even wanna, though it you, wasn't anything that do I Do we thought. need to deal with abstracts? Let's do it in the abstract. In the abstract, it was always like, you mean like- In the abstract, because I didn't realize that this was the kind of thing somebody might be able oh, to right. do. I hear that a lot. It's kind of interesting. Well, like, I why mean, would you know? Yeah. It wasn't, no one in my family had ever done anything sure. like this. I was living in a place where this kind of thing- What about siblings? You have them? I have a sister. How yeah. old? She, Older than you? She's two and a half years younger than me. Okay. Um, 
And so I think that, you know, the idea of being an actor wasn't something that I really ever wrapped my brain around right. until I was maybe 16 or 17 and somebody had suggested it. Uh-huh. But I did l- kind of gravitate towards comedians and comedy at a pretty young age. Uh, and maybe it's because I moved around so much. Uh-huh. Uh or maybe it has nothing to do with any of that, and I just really liked comedians. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, comedians make sense of things. I, I think that kids who like comedians, like, who are the comedians you like? Well, um, I loved Steve Martin. Yeah. You know, when those albums came right. out, I think those were seminal to, yeah. you know, a generation of, of comedians, for right. sure. Uh, I used to listen to Mel Brooks and uh, the 2,000-year-old man, year old man a lot yeah. with, my, with my dad. Yeah. I loved George Carlin right. as a kid, and, yeah. and to this day, probably consider him maybe my favorite yeah did you ever get to work with him or meet him never met him mm. no never worked with him well yeah because i think for me like when i look back at my my compulsive sort of interest in comedy was because they seemed to have a handle on things these you know and they made yeah. you laugh and they made sense of things and they made you look at things differently and yeah. you know it was like you know when you're young or you're a little vague on what your identity is or who you're going to be you know these guys seem to know what they're talking about who was it for you who was it that uh well, I mean, like I, when I was a kid, I liked uh, like I, I liked Jackie Vernon and you know Don Rickles and Buddy Hackett because my grandmother they, right. uh, he was my grandfather liked slapstick, but my grandmother liked those old guys. And then like later, you know, uh, you know Woody Allen became important, and then I had all the mm-hmm. Carlin records, Cheech and Chong records, I had the Steve Martin records, yeah. and SNL for you know that thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, I and Richard Pryor that when I saw that Richard Pryor live in concert, the first movie. When I was in high school, like 14 or 15 years old, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like me and my friend Dave went to a movie theater to see a stand-up comedy movie, and it was insane. I know. To watch it, it was insane. It was the best. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It did tend to make sense of things. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's why I got into it, I think. It, it was innate. Like, yeah. how, do you get, how do I get a handle on this shit? You know? It's like, well, make it funny. Yeah. He figured it out. And it's interesting to see how your interest in it and who you're kind of drawn to starts to change yeah. where, you know, I, I, it's funny. Like when I hear Steve Martin talk yeah. about those years you're and right. how, and how he unhappy just, he was, unha- yeah. Or how he doesn't feel, uh, like it was that funny yeah. or what, he, you know, uh, I think even as a kid, I understood the, on some innate sense, some part of me of uh, this, that it's more than silliness, that the deconstruction and uh-huh. kind of uh, philosophical experience that it it actually was in, in silliness. Same thing with Monty Python. Yeah. You know, we would watch that, sure. obviously, because of British parents. Like As a kid. On PBS, you'd have to oh, watch it. All, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think there was that first thing of, oh my God, these are grownups acting in insane like yeah. i've never seen such silliness out yeah of, yeah yeah uh, grown-ups yeah and then uh you know and i would love like shows like make me laugh and all and and, oh, yeah. and then getting yeah. into bobby van make me bobby laugh. yeah and bruce bruce Baby man bruce bomb <laughs> and uh, bruce, <laughs> yeah and gary mule deer yeah. and uh oh, yeah. i would still go down the uh the, 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 the rabbit hole of you know joe bolster and oh uh, yeah and, and all of, the, all, all of those comedians. And then when I then we got HBO and all of a sudden there was, what is this Robert Klein special? And, oh, yeah. And, you right. know, There's nine of them. Another yeah. <laughs> one. He still can't stop his Wait, foot. he's at Yale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, right. So you like, you just, you loved it. And then, 
you know, I, saw, I remember uh, seeing Steve Martin. I saw Steve Martin on that first tour. Oh wow! After the first record, it was at the it might have been at the uh, at the pit at the basketball stadium. I remember seeing him. You did. Was it? He, was he, it? What was that like? Well, it was great because it was big, you know, like he was not, I, if I look back on it, he's obviously not an influence or necessarily even somebody that, you know, I, I put in my top 10, mm -hmm. but that, that he was something at the moment. It was like, you know, he was a rock star. Like he was sort of like, Hey, let's get small. Like I had the records, but like, I didn't get the same out of them as I got out of Carlin. Sure. Where you got a history, an identity, a, well, a, a critical Well, he's culture. the guy I think that I, I probably think of more than anybody and of having more uh, importance to, uh, in my life, even as an as an adult, uh -huh. I think the way that I approach certain things in my life, he was our greatest social commentator. There are many times where I think about what's going on in the world, yeah. I think, and I think about what he said. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always thinking right. about his bit on saving the planet. Uh -huh. uh, he said, "You know, I love people. I hate groups, but I love people." Um, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, because then, you know, my interest in comedy uh, was starting to veer. I mean, in my early 20s, re got really into Andy Kaufman and then turning into kind of the anti, uh, more performance art aspect well, of it. This is during your the existential crisis period. I think it was <laughs> probably. I remember him as a kid and thinking he was really funny on, the, on SNL. And, but you didn't realize the scope of it. Well, I... I remember watching him on Letterman. Sure. With the like, wrestling thing? With or, what? Uh, during the wrestling period? Yeah. yeah. I remember the re I remember the wrestling period and thinking, well, this is kind of weird. Right. Um, and and yet, I, again, feeling like I think he's doing something to provoke people and not even understanding what that was. Yeah. Like there was something intrinsically interesting about it. Right, right. Um. And then I really got into that yeah. and his whole thing about getting just uh, reactions and yeah. hearing stories about some of his early routines about, you know, coming out on stage, eating potatoes and then going to sleep. Yeah. And that was his act and yeah. thinking, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and Unless you're there. Unless you're there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're there about an hour into that, you're yeah. like, what's happening? Is yeah. This, yeah. We, do we leave? Do we <laughs> yeah, having an intellectual appreciation yeah. of it and an emotional annoyance. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, so, but like, okay, so, so you're in your teens. Someone says you should get into acting and this stuff's all coming into your head. And, you know, I, and, and basically we were talking about you realizing that maybe it is a profession if these grownups can act this silly on some level. Right. That, you know, it, it, there's, a, there's an avenue there. Well, I think that when Did I... Did you do stand-up? Did you go see no, live stand-up? And... I, I used to see stand-up. Whenever people would kind of come through, I saw some really cool shows. I saw Bill Hicks in a room of about 20 people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, when you were in high school or later? Uh, or yeah, college? high school. Really? Yeah. And uh, and I saw Carlin a few times in Kansas City. Yeah? Was, I, whenever comedian... I saw Jay Leno. Yeah. Uh, he was good, wasn't he? Was he was great. Yep. So that was a... So you loved that was, it. I loved it. You thought about doing it. I I think I thought about doing it... Um, for a little while, yeah. but not not seriously. Uh, again, it was something that I I also really liked art and drawing, and it seemed like, well, who's a comedian? Were I mean, you drawing? I was trying to. Yeah. Um, and I th I think that naturally I started to gravitate towards 
speech class, you know, public speaking class, and 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 there was a radio and TV class in huh. my junior high and then high school. Yeah, and I used to make these little short movies and do. Uh, they called it in Kansas City forensics. Uh-huh. It was like speech tournaments and uh-huh. stuff. Um, but I was also huge, hugely influenced. I'd say comedically and just by Letterman. Letterman was the guy. Right. And so a lot of the stuff that I was doing in high school with those, uh, with a video camera in that class, I think was Letterman-esque or trying to be. Sure. Um, but I would make these kind of, these shorts and things to show on uh, on our school TV channel. And yeah. My next door neighbor said, have you ever thought about being an actor? Because I was also doing, you know, like these speech terms. So you're kind of like hosting things and like kind of like with that, with a kind of Letterman approach? Well, I, they were more just kind of, yeah, you know, like, like I remember one of the very first ones I did was I, I decided that I was going to go out trick-or-treating on October 19th yeah. just to beat the rush. <laughs> and I was going to film it and just see what, see what people would give me. That's funny. Um, and so that was one of, one of the first... And then they started to get progressively weirder. And, and this is before Kaufman, right? This is before you. Yeah, I was probably re- about. I was probably about seventeen, sixteen, uh-huh. seventeen, uh-huh. seventeen, maybe. Um, and then what happened? Which what? What was the next one? Um, oh, I would just. They started to turn into like tra- comedy routines. Like yeah. just going to a grocery store yeah. and seeing. I don't know. Just taking a camera and seeing what would happen. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, and then making videos and 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 things like that. Were you having a good time? Uh, yeah, it was it was it was just fun. Did you have a crew? No, there was one other guy, a friend of mine named Brendan Sneegus, yeah. that we would do a lot of these Sneegus? videos together. Yes, yeah, how's he doing? How's he doing? He's great. I saw him recently. I hadn't seen him in year, like twenty something years. Good name. Yeah, a well, good dude. How oh, good? He went into social work. He's oh, a great guy. Good. That's yeah, a much, noble profession. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but very very funny yeah. guy. And. Uh, you saw him back in Kansas? I saw him back in Kansas, yeah. That's great. And um, Did you go to a reunion or something? I did. Ah. We used to have, there was a radio show in our in our school. You, there was like a little radio booth, uh-huh. and you could play music. Uh-huh. And I remember for a secret Santa once I got in class, I got a dolphin uh-huh. that had a just a horrible squeaking sound. Yeah. And we locked the doors. We named the dolphin Flapjack. Yeah. And we thought we were hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and then just started squeaking it into the microphone and just not stopping. And they couldn't get, they couldn't open the door. Yeah. And, did, and we did it for, I mean, 10, 10 minutes. Again, this is pre-Kaufman, yeah. pre-being yeah. introduced But this Kaufman. is, you, you could see like, you. I had it in, I, I, it's like, it, it was just waiting <laughs> to be discovered. <laughs> this amazing propensity to annoy people yeah. for long periods of time relentlessly <laughs> it just, through repetition. It just seemed funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, well, that is funny. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so but, the guy but, tells you you should be, you know, so you're doing all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I'm doing all this stuff and he had seen uh, my videos and stuff and, had, and, and knew that I did these speech tournaments and he said, have you ever thought about being an actor? Yeah. This is, I, I go back to this story and I don't know whether or not it's true. I think maybe it is, or yeah. maybe I've just said it so much that now I really think it's true, but it seemed to be a bit of a thunderbolt moment where I thought, hmm, an actor, his son was an actor in New York and, uh, the guys, the guys, your yeah, neighbors, my neighbor. Yeah. And, um, so you kind of knew it was possible. And I think that I started, you know, I, I started thinking about acting more than just 
uh, comedy. Right. And 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 so then when, what I do remember feeling when I made the decision to study uh, theater and, and acting that I uh, went into it whole hog. I didn't. Right. I didn't ever waver from it. Right. And I feel like I figured that out as uh, you know, like maybe an eighteen-year-old. And then, and then you got into the theater program in in where in college. I did a, a play in college. Uh, yeah, I studied theater in college. Here and it I, comes. Oh, is that the leaf blower? Here it comes. Sounds like an alien ship is about to land. It's coming. What if a bunch of leaves just blow in <laughs> the, the window smashes? And, yeah. yeah. What if he just keeps going like a Kaufman bit and just comes right behind here and just doesn't shut it off? <laughs> I think, you know, I, I never, like, usually, like, I, I have, I'm trying to, like, I know they come at this time, but I, you know, I thought we'd get in under the wire, but we'll keep going until, like, it, we'll just let it until be it a performance piece. Yeah. And then we'll we'll just wait until it goes away. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's exciting. You know, like, we feel like something's going to happen now. Something's going to happen, You could, Paul. you it's, could maybe even put another, somehow bring up a chord on your computer or something. Sure. We can add a layer of an har- a harmonic to it and it will create well, like maybe, an ambient c- kind of soundscape. Well, let's do that with our voices. All right. When it, let's hear, hear it. Wait, can we hear it? No, but when it mm. gets close, we'll do it. So you go, you do a play, what, in college before you get into the program? I did a play. I did a couple of plays in high school. I did a play oh, in school. college. and then And then when I was at, I went to the University of Kansas, and then midway through, I'm like, I'm going to go to this theater conservatory, this school. Called, in Kansas? Uh, in California, called the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yeah, I've heard of that. And uh, You just decided. I just decided. Why on that one? Uh, seemed like they had a pretty impressive alumni list. Oh. That was that was it. So you were festering I, about it. You're I, like, I got to get out I, and do I'd this. I'd heard, I thought, like, well, if I'm going to do this- yeah. Uh, I need to go there because that's yeah. where everybody goes. Right, and I didn't really research other schools. Yeah, um, I didn't. I was just like, all right, this seems good. I knew somebody else that was auditioning for that school, yeah. a friend of mine. But you had to audition. You had to audition. I got in, and um, but I never even visited. The first day I even <laughs> saw it was the first day that I went to school there. You just all in. I just like, went. I yeah. You was, decided. I just decided. Yeah, that's I, all right. I, and. Um, I don't know if it's all right, but it's what it, it's. Well, what do you would you get caught up in? Like I'm going to try to get into Yale, and so you know you got in. Go, it's acting. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to go to Juilliard, <laughs> Carnegie Mellon. By the Fuck way, it, I, don't think I didn't have that after the fact kind of. I should have looked at Yale, and I should have looked at Carnegie Mellon. I should have looked at Juilliard because it seemed like oh, those are the places. Those would have killed you. They would have. I no. I would have. I would have embraced. I one. I doubt. I don't. I doubt. I would have. Juilliard in. sounds miserable. I think maybe it might have been. I have friends that went to Juilliard and loved it. Yeah, how they doing career wise? Uh, they're actually a couple of them are doing okay. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think that my, now that I have a little bit of, uh, I can look back in the rearview mirror. You did all right for yourself. Nah, well, I started thinking <laughs> Ant Man. This is the thing about acting schools. <laughs> <laughs> they're all going to teach you how to ride an ant. Uh. No, they're they're they all ex- they all, you know you get it. You're exposed to plays. Yeah. You're always right. reading plays and right. working on scenes, and ultimately that's it. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, well, that and that's what you do. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the good part. I mean, you're you're reading plays and you're working on scenes. Yeah, and you learn. For me, there were certain things in acting school that I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Where They'll we'll all lie down on the ground, yeah. close our eyes, and now we have to act like the color green, yeah. and get up and do it. And I I remember even 
starting off, I was doing it all. Yeah. But thinking, what? <laughs> and if all of my friends walked into this class right now and saw this, yeah. and all my friends were not actors. If Brendan actor came students, over. If yeah. Brendan was there. Brendan, they, they all just are making fun of it so much. <laughs> and, and yet, there were certain things in school, tangible things, yeah. that I could hold on to that made a lot of sense. Practical. Thing, practical things. Like, I had a teacher named Diana Stevenson who was great. Yeah. And she said... Uh, here's a way. Here's a good way to to memorize your lines. Write them out. Don't say them. Write them. Yeah. If, if you're working on a scene, and yeah. then and you also have to you have to look at the other people's lines. Yeah. Uh, so you read those, so you know what your response will be, and then you yeah. start writing it out. Well, it's a great way to memorize things because yeah. when you write it out, it gets into your brain in a much deeper way, and then if you mess up, you have to go back and do it again and do it again until you get a word perfect. Uh huh. And that worked for you. That works. You that, still that do also, it? That also, I, I do. Yeah. When I'm doing a play, I do. Yeah. Um, there's something uh, very tangible yeah. about that. And, right. And that kind of stuff, I think- And applicable. Yeah. And if you're doing Shakespeare, there yeah. are certain rules that you kind of have to follow. And there are certain things you could do, like buy Shakespeare's glossary and go through and figure out what it is you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't have learned that kind of stuff without going to school. How much, how much Shakespeare have you done? Uh- I don't know. I don't know. A lot? I mean, not a lot. A, a fair amount. Sure. I mean, but I just don't talk, like I talk to a lot of actors, but not everybody has a stage component that seems to go on. Like you, you like doing stage. Well, I liked, uh, I wanted to kind of be, I wanted to have a career that was going to last. Mm -hmm. And I thought the way to do that is to know that you're craft a little bit and yeah. the way to learn your craft if you're an actor is to do theater right uh, all the actors that i really admired did that yeah and so uh i went in i went in that direction that's yeah. part of why i moved i mean it's a big reason why i moved to new york yeah and uh and i, I still believe that i still try and do, it's been a few years since i've done a play but yeah um but i also enjoy doing it too. yeah well, I mean, like in, we were talking sort of uh, glibly and uh, dismissively about the process of, of acting, but, and, but I, and I do think it applies to, you know, maybe movies and TV in terms of like, because you really, it's, 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 it's almost a, a, an experiment in blue balls, it, you know, in terms of like waiting to do a scene, like yeah. everything is so disconnected, you know, every, there's no sort of... Uh, like narrative uh, through line, like when you're acting in those things, it is sort of a job because you've got to take everything apart and show up for bits and pieces. Yeah. And it, it, it's not very satisfying, but I imagine the theater, because it's like you start and then you go to the end. Right. And yeah. you got to be in it. That is a very different sensation. And it's also, it's, it's can be thankless and, and it's not, I don't know like yeah. the thrill of the stage. I, 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 that do, that is true, and I know it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but there's something pretty cool when it's clicking, and an audience is into it, and yeah. there is an exchange of uh, energy. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, if you're telling a joke or if you hear somebody telling a joke and they're telling it really, really well, mm -hmm. and there's a kind of a several people around listening to the joke yeah and and it really lands yeah in that build-up to the punchline yeah the the air is charged yeah and so amplify that yeah by you know a thousand people in a theater yeah and what people don't that don't do 
theater maybe don't realize is just how much energy we're the people on stage are, are getting from the audience where each show feels drastically different oh, yeah. based on who's watching and um and it's a it's a it's a strange and fascinating feeling yeah to uh have it work yeah and you feel that lightness yeah uh and in that moment it's really cool yeah and then when it's done it's great because it's like oh it's over it's like a workout yeah yeah you feel great after a workout but you never really want to go to do the workout right right sometimes i feel that doing a play (laughs) yeah yeah no i feel it about you know comedy i feel yeah yeah, i well i mean in a place (laughs) i talked to harbor david harbor he's so funny he's talking about you know, not stage fright, but just panic in general. Yeah. Like, and he just had this, like, he told this story <laughs> about, like, he'd be like, like, you know, he's in a major play and, like, he's about ready to make his entrance and he's like, oh, fuck it. somebody give me a script. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling so well. Like, yeah, what, what, what am I, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> because it is a little bit of it's like you know, all whatever you do for the next 10 seconds yeah. don't think of a pink elephant right, right. you know you're right, going exactly, to exactly right like, whatever you do you're going to go on stage in front of you know all this many people whatever you do don't forget your lines <laughs> right oh right. god oh god I don't oh know god. any of them I don't know any of yeah. them yeah it sucks <laughs> it's such it's terror it's terror <laughs> <laughs> has that ever happened where you don't know your shit um, I have had uh, moments on stage where it's like uh, blank or I, or I start thinking two or three lines ahead oh, right. where you're in the middle of a run and you've done f- you know 50 performances yeah. already and so you can kind of you, you know everybody's lines right and um, and in those moments yeah you can think oh all right, three. What's three lines ahead? Like you just if for a second you get out of it. You yeah. take yourself right, out right, of right. it. I know too is. long, to... and then and then you're and then you're like, oh oh god, oh oh my god, oh my god, and and a momentary. Oh, it's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> and you just look like look into the eyes of whoever's on stage uh, with, with you, <laughs> and they know and they well they know and i feel like something kicks in in them where they just take they they go into full on safety net mode right right uh or what's really bad is if they get what you got <laughs> and then you're, you're both lost and then you're both lost <laughs> that's terrible and the audience doesn't know well that's the other thing audiences audiences never know yeah the, the, what, the terror yeah, that you're going through. The terror, or if you mess up. I mean, any actor oh, so that, that's been on that has done a play. People come back afterward, and you say, like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're in that moment. You guys saw it when uh, I did this, this, yeah. and this." And they're like, "What? No, it's great. We loved it. Yeah, we had no idea that. And <laughs> that we're just so egotistical. Yeah, that we assume everyone is really dissecting what it is that we're doing. It's true. They're that they they're thinking about themselves, and everybody's like, thinking about themselves always. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But you know, we were talking about comedy and about what's interesting to me, like a lot of times, is just people's timing. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, some people have timing and some people don't. And like, I, I think there's a lot uh, in terms of what makes me laugh and just like, just the timing yeah. of it. Like, it, I mean, you know, sometimes timing, you don't even know what was said. It was just said just at the, the right moment. The musicality yeah, of yeah. something and, you know, it's 
you like the music, you like a certain band because the right. way they sound, right? The way they <laughs> yeah. put their rhythms together, right? But you got you have good time, you have good comedic timing, and and it's uh, it's always uh, great to see you. But I was thinking about that. I guess like your movie career. I know you did a lot of TV here and there, but the Wet Hot American Summer was sort of this big cult hit. Yeah, did that sort of land you on the radar of things, or was it before that? No, I think it was. That was. Uh, there are certain things that have kind of I look back and think, oh, this yeah. was a this was important in a lot of ways, uh-huh. and and Wet Hot American Summer was something that uh, when I read it, I was oh, oh my god, I I love this so much, yeah. And I knew David, I knew I knew those guys from uh, where. Um, well, I watched the state, yeah, and uh, and so I knew who they were, right? And I had become friends with them by the time we started making that film, yeah. But I had I had worked on um, Romeo and Juliet. You know, with the Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Oh I was, yeah, I was, I was in. I was in that, and there was another guy in that named Zach Orth. Zach is also. I know in, Zach. Yeah, so you know Zach, and I don't know him, but I've yeah. He's great. Yeah, and he w- lived in New York. Yeah, and uh, I lived in New York, and so we became friends on that film. And then when we got back to N- Manhattan, he said, "You know, my buddies are doing this play. Yeah, uh, called Sex, aka Wieners and Boobs." And uh, it was Showalter and and uh, Joe Latrulio and yeah. a lot of those guys. And so I went to go see it and loved it. And then David said, look, we have this script. We're trying to make this movie. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. Well, this is kind of the first thing I've ever read or that uh, seemed like it, was, it kind of spoke to my own yeah. sense of humor. You know, everything was kind of... Every comedy you'd ever yeah. read was like, all right, that's kind of funny, yeah. but not like this. Yeah, And so that was the feeling in, in making it uh, that we all, everyone got the joke. Yeah. Everyone was friends right. and everybody kind of, even midway through, I remember Zach saying to me, I, I don't know if this will ever come out. I just, yeah. I just want to have a videotape of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I know what you mean. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I think because of that movie, yeah. um, in the comedy world, uh, people saw it and liked it. Yeah. And, and, and it certainly played a part in me getting the role in Anchorman, which was certainly a kind of sea change, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think it's time for the interlude. We got to do one of these like. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming.
Oh, man. I could have done it longer and I laughed. Damn it. And I feel bad breaking it because yeah. it's going against what I instinctually oh, want so you, to do. So you feel like... In, I, could do this, I could do this for another 45 minutes. Right. Your instinct is to like, let's keep, just end this way, but keep doing it keep, for keep, an hour. Keep, keep doing <laughs> it. Yeah. For an hour. And I knocked up, on the movie Knocked Up, yeah. there was a scene where Seth Rogen and I are yeah. in um, uh, Las Vegas. And uh, during that shoot, that shoot was like four days in Las Vegas. Right. Uh, other guys in the cast like, yeah. came out and we were all going out to Las Vegas as a, in a group uh, we we're like going to go to some, um, like a, like a club yeah. and, uh, and then do, you know, go around and like something that none of us really are right. the guys that do that, but sure. we're like, this is what you're going to do. And do. I think early on I made a joke. I was on my cell phone saying, pretending I was calling treat Williams and like, Hey treat. Yeah. It was like, Oh yeah, man. Come out. Yeah. We're hitting, we're going to rain. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I made some joke that was, uh, it wasn't really funny. And I realized the only way to make it funny is to just keep talking to him yeah. and, all night. Okay. And, and so, and you the, can treat, I was just talking, laughing and just talking to treat Williams for about three out, three hours or so, three and a half hours. Really? No, no, I wasn't talking were to anybody. You, were you getting the reaction to it? No. The guys were just like, <laughs> all right. They, and every, every few minutes they'd look over and they'd, they'd laugh saying, why wow, you're sticking with this <laughs> yeah and i i think they had an appreciation that i was sticking with it especially because we then went to a few different places and i never <laughs> engaged in any of the conversation i just only pre- only <laughs> pretended to be talking to treat williams then we went back to a casino and everyone sat at a blackjack table yeah. but i'm not allowed to, you're not allowed to talk on a cell phone and sit yeah. at the blackjack table so i stood behind them and didn't play and just kept laughing and pretending to talk to treat williams and the whole night out i never engaged in anything only just talked to treat williams and and uh, and so that is the equivalent of. Uh, let's, see, let's get hold on. Where is he? And now that I've called attention to it, I feel like I can't continue. Like it, it, I can't continue the length of this. But what? made me break it in the first place was wondering if somebody was listening to this and do you think either uh one that woke him up yeah or two put him put him to sleep or made him go like this fucking ridiculous i I think think maybe the majority said all right went all right fast forward enough right yeah we don't even know if my my producer's gonna leave it in no (laughs) i I think he should you know i mean i'll I'll make note i say i think it's important to me and paul that you at least (laughs) if if your producer decides to cut it, at least we have to let the people know we did it for a really long time. Yeah, you did it. Like I mean, like I felt at some point during one of those runs that you were like, "How long can I do this for without taking a breath?" That's that's like that's you right. Challenges. Yeah, and and the only way you can do it is if you go really really deep and go and not release a lot of air. Yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. I see. Wait, I'll see how long I can do that.
this this <sighs> this this has to be the most boring thing you've ever done with anybody at the desk. I've never done it. I've never done no, it. No, me either. <sighs> I, I'm just glad you broke because I, I'm like it got to that like you know I got to that point where I'm like, am I going to pass out to try to win no, this? It was, it was, it was, it was so Judd Apatow, yeah, changed everything. Yeah, Anchorman, huge, huge uh, thing there. And then he became like sort of a Judd Apatow surrogate in a way, like you played his his vision of himself twice didn't you uh, or yeah or at yeah, least yeah would have been like and this is 40 this is 40 and then knocked up yeah right yeah and that relationship is uh are you guys friends do you have an understanding do you oh yeah yeah friends i saw him two weeks ago yeah i see him do com- i see him at the comedy store now a lot yeah he's fun right you, oh you- yeah i love him yeah he, he's he's great uh the whole family is great and it's a it was and is a very unique experience yeah to kind of act opposite his wife and daughters yeah with him in the room (laughs) (laughs) that is wild it's kind of weird he trusts you i think he i think he does yeah yeah i i think he (laughs) He trusts you to be him well he yeah i think he does yeah i remember before we did this is 40 he's like come on over and just hang out at the house and see what our life is like Uh uh-huh and, and like I remember, like going with him, like putting the girls to bed. It's creepy. <laughs> the two, like they, the, yeah, yeah. kind of thinking about this and and how the girls react. Were they? I think that they. I think that they were just all right. Yeah, they I mean, already knew who I was, right? You know, oh, yeah, they grew sure. up, like they ever since they were little, they knew who, they knew who I was. But yeah. um, I don't know. They were probably already used to so much weirdness in yeah, their life that right. had to do with the movie business. Yeah. And now the old man's back doing comedy, talking about him. This is what they needed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, in the David Wayne and Showalter, you know, all, you've sort of grown up with them too, right? Yeah. You've done a lot of their movies. Yeah. And still really close with- uh, That whole community. That whole, that whole crowd. Yeah. Joe lives around here. I know. Like, in, in Don Knotts old house. Does he really? Yeah. That's Don I had, Knotts. Oh, house. I had no idea. Yeah. I've not been over there. I, I ran into his wife at an event. I saw them at the award show and I know like it's one of those things like, hey, we should all like, yeah, well, maybe that, I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh well, I, I'd like to, but I like as, you have I'm to. I'm sure sort he of, would too. I know, but like, how do you do that as grownups? I got to figure out how to do that. It's it's harder. It's harder as grownups. It's harder when you're married. It's harder if you have, and they have kids, kids, and yeah. it's sort of like you know we're not you know we we've sort of known each other just in passing, right? So like, let's try the new friend thing. Have and yet, a dinner you and, two would be uh, total chums. Yeah, yeah. No, I like him. He's done. He's been in here. Yeah, in the old garage. Yeah. Oh, I saw you in Duncan Jones's movie. That was the interesting turn. Like the the like you don't you need to do a few more movies where you're, you're just a completely horrendous person. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I you know I I liked it a lot of it. You, you know, I thought it was an interesting movie, and I thought that the riff on the original who was the other guy? Was it Justin Justin Thoreau? Thoreau yeah, that the riff on the original Mash was odd. Yeah, so, yeah to make really, those characters horrible, really weird. Yeah, oh, and to put them in that movie. Yeah. In the future, in yeah. Berlin, the, it, it was so. When I r- read it, I was like, "Uh huh." Yeah. Uh, and I met Duncan, who I really like, and, yeah, and think is a, a really talented filmmaker. But uh, he's the one that kind of explained it to me, and yeah, I thought, well, I, I, I want to go along for this ride. It's, yeah. It seems like it's a weird one. Well, I thought that it was uh, like I, I was sort of surprised that you know sort of like you're one of these guys that we've all grown to uh, know and love uh, in terms of the range that you've made available in the movies right the comedies 
Like, you know, I, you know, we've seen you sad and happy and whatever, but we haven't seen you menacing right. necessarily. And, you know, like, it's funny because you enter it like I'm watching. I'm like, oh, look, it's cute Paul Rudd. And then you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Awful person. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but you turn like, like when you get evil, you're like, no, he can do that. It... <laughs> It would it would be nice to do it more often, right? That's I don't what... think I don't think people necessarily think of me for things like that, nor uh, maybe want to see me in things like that. But that isn't that interesting. People they know what you, you know. You 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 have a marketable quality that you that's uh, worked for you for many years, and you know, and and it's, obviously it's a big part of who you are. But you know, you are an actor, right? But it's, so does that get frustrating? Yeah, at times. Yeah, and w- you, have you tried to do things that I have, and you know, sometimes they're the they're the right things, and sometimes they're not. Yeah, there have been, I've been offered throughout the years things yeah. that were like dramatic roles, yeah. but I just didn't really connect with them. Right, and I don't want to do something dramatic or play a bad guy for the sake of playing a bad guy. It has right, to be the right thing. Yeah, um, and I've done done it on in plays. Yeah, um, more than movies or anything like that. But um, it it can be a little uh, frustrating, but that's you know at the same time to complain about certain things seems a little uh, no no i get it i get it, but like what i mean you've got it's got to be available to you in a small movie an indie movie where you, it's just a matter of i i would imagine having discussions with a director like you must have had with duncan where you know it's it, it's sort of who would want you to play against type yeah i mean every once in a while i meet a filmmaker who does yeah um and uh I think in the right thing, it can be an effective thing. Sure. People have a preconceived notion yeah, yeah, of who, yeah. who right, I am. Right. Um, but I w- ha- never really had the kind of um, purposeful decision-making that said, I'm going to do something dramatic because I just did a comedy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to switch it up and really, and maybe I should have, No. but I, I didn't really, and don't really think in um, that way. Yeah. Uh, I think more in terms of, wow, I really like this. A lot of comedies I read and I was like, these are really fun. I think yeah. they'd be fun to work on. I yeah. love the people and was yeah. with people I'd worked sure. with many times. Yeah. And in truth, that is really what I probably enjoy the most. Yeah. yeah. Well, why, why fuck that up? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it, these are also, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. it's a movie. Right. So who gives a shit? <laughs> Nobody cares. It's not that important. <laughs> Anyway, 99% of the world doesn't care at all. But um, Is that true? I think so. But Some uh, things are memorable. Well, absolutely. You know, some movies, like, they change lives. They do. Yeah. They do. And they, look, they had enough of an impact on like me that my, they changed my, my life. Look at what I want to do for a living. But, right. But. Like, my girlfriend, like, uh, I'm like, I'm going to interview Paul Rudd, and she's like, well, who is he again? And I said, well, you know, he's in the Judd Avatar. Oh, the one who was looking at the hemorrhoid uh, on his own asshole? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that guy. It's like, oh, that was funny. Oh, so you know, so there we go. I changed your girlfriend's <laughs> life. <laughs> You're that guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, what I was going to say is that, like, you know, you see a movie and it's two hours. You don't yeah. like it. You can you can walk out, right? But when you're making it, it's months on end, and That's you're right. you're in it. And yeah. so the experience, I have certainly done it enough now mm-hmm. for a long enough time that the experience of working on something counts. Uh, a lot yeah and sure i want to enjoy it yeah it's like it's half a year yeah of your life mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. right when you do that do you usually have the kids over or what do they do no i mean not it normally i'll go i'll travel back on oh, weekends right, right right i mean a lot of the marvel stuff has been shooting in georgia and because i live in 
uh, New York, it's really easy. Not too bad, yeah. It's not too bad. If uh, if it's during the summer, yeah, I will. They'll come with me. If you know, but they got their while. lives now. Sure, and I yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. So it that's the that's honestly like the hardest part of this whole job is uh, being away from the kids. Yeah, 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 I bet. Well, good luck with the movie. Thank you. What uh, wh- are you shooting something now? You got something coming up that you know you want to break news? No, no, I got, uh, <laughs> I got, no, I got, I got no news to break. You just do. You're going to do the Ant Man publicity and then have a summer or what? Yeah, uh, which t- is going to take up a big chunk of the summer. You just starting it? When's just it starting? O- it opens when? July sixth. Oh yeah, so you got a couple weeks, huh? Yeah, yeah, and then it comes out later in Europe because so you got to go over there right o- uh-huh. after. Yeah, you still have family in England. I do. Oh, well, yeah. that'd be nice. Yeah. Do you see them? Yeah, I'll see them. I'm only going to be there for about two days, but I'm I'm going to see them. Yeah. So. All right, buddy. Well, it was, fi- it was. I'm glad we got to do this finally. Yeah, me we, too. And we we had a good. We did some experimental stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like it. We really we made an ambient soundtrack. Yeah, we did a lot of things here today. We really did. Yeah, I feel. <laughs> I feel you've really. We we've run ourselves through, through the ringer. Let's just go to Joe Trulia's house and knock on the door. Yeah, and go like, hey, look, hey, we're here. Tell us about Don Knotts. Did you find anything in the attic? Oh, Don Knotts. All right. Lovely man, just as just as expected. Lovely person that that Paul Rudd fella. Glow on Netflix is up. Uh, second season two is on now. Okay. I play some guitar. I'm playing. I'm playing sloppier guitar. I'm playing more distorted guitar because I don't know. It's satisfying, you know. And I, I, my the action on this guitar is way too high. And I don't know what happened. If it bowed or what, but I got to bring it in to get fixed. But I, I, and the strings are old. But uh, why can't I just keep up? Do I need a guitar tech for my hobbying? Is that what I fucking need? A guitar tech for my hobbying? Am I at that point in my career? 